appreciation to have with me today mr brandon bell brandon thank you for being on the show how are you doing this morning i'm doing good man thank you for having me it's been a long time <laughs> it has been a minute man but that's <laughs> all good we here now we here now how's your previous week been oh man it's been busy man traveling a little bit went back home for the first time in a few months it was good you know stepping foot back into mississippi getting bit by those mosquitoes you know, that humidity, you can't really beat it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, you got ate up pretty bad, huh? Oh, yeah, I'm still scratching. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, I feel that. Well, man, for the people at home, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, so, like Melvin said, my name is Brandon Bell. I'm originally from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is where me and Mel, or uh, Uncle Lou, met. <laughs> <laughs> And Big Red, if they really know, they know about you. They all remember Big Red. Uh, I don't know. Did I did I name Big Red? Was Big Red already named Big Red? I think Big Red was already named Big Red, man. Okay, okay. But I remember just riding all around Hattiesburg, man. Um, I currently live on the outskirts of LA in the Inland Empire, the IE. If you're familiar with the Southern California area in Riverside, um. I work for a tiny home manufacturing company uh, called Back Porch Homes um, as a director of marketing there. Uh, I love it. Uh, we're building substantial uh, homes for not only for homelessness, but housing solutions, mm. you know, and especially in the economy that we're in now. Uh, it definitely serves a better purpose than just going to work and earning a check. We're actually doing things to help, you know, the society that we're in for people that necessarily can't afford a standard or a single family style home, you know, we're providing other alternatives for that. So, um, yeah, man. That's what's up, man. Well, thank you for that intro, man. I, I'm, that's kind of a little bit what I want to talk to you about today, man. I, I think that as an individual, you are a well-traveled man. And I think that like, you have a really good sense of balancing between like your personal self and your professional self. And then also, man, I think that like, at the end of it all, you live life to the fullest, man. And so, like, uh, I'm I'm curious as far as like how you got into marketing and like how that became like your uh, career choice. Okay, um, so originally I started off at Jackson State University. I originally went to Jackson State. Well, my sole purpose of going to Jackson State was to be in the band. You know, if you know anything about you know historically black colleges, universities, HBCUs. You know, we're known for the band. Of course, the Sunday Boom of the South in Jackson is the number one band. Uh, that was my only purpose. You know, and we used to have a saying in school, like, don't major in band, right? Because that's why everyone's <laughs> there, or at least the ones that's in band. So I knew for a fact I wanted to study business, but I had no specific, you know, I had no focus. I had no industry specifically that I wanted to work in. I just wanted to study business. Um, as my matriculation through Jack State kind of, coming to an end, it's like junior, senior year, I realized, okay, band is not forever, and I needed something. Um, looking at different majors, management, entrepreneurship, finance, accounting, uh, I kind of just dialed into like more so my personality, which would be more so extroverted, creative, uh, explosiveness, uh, with, the, with the sense of logic behind it, you know? 
Um, and then I, I think I remember just being out with my grandma one day in Hattiesburg, and we were just going to see old family friends. And this lady, uh, she was just like, you should work in marketing because your personality works well with it. And I, and at that, that point, it really just stuck out to me, like, hmm, let me match my personality with the career instead of just going for a career in, you know, for the money. Um, by the time I got to Jack State and tried to change my major, I would have to be there, be there for another year and a half, I believe. And so I didn't take that route. I ended up taking an internship down in Jackson, created a Fahrenheit group. Shout out to Jason Thompson um, down in Jackson, downtown Jackson. He was the first person to give me an opportunity in marketing, working for like uh, small government or nonprofit campaigns. Uh, we worked on a numerous amount of campaigns, such like Smoke Free Louisiana, different political campaigns around the city. And that really showed me like, okay, I enjoy this thing, this marketing thing. Um, I, after graduating, I ended up landing a marketing coordinator job in my local town for Toyota. Um, I knew without in my heart that my degree, in my opinion, this is my opinion, my degree in business administration was just a general degree, did not hold any weight. You know, so I knew for a fact that I had to go out and do something else that could, you know, make me a stronger candidate or get eyes on me as far as being a serious marketer. Um, I stumbled across this dual major program, this dual master's program uh, at UNCW up in North Carolina. And I was able to land not one master's, but two master's at the same time while studying abroad. Um, so I got my first master's, my MBA, and then my second master's, I got an international marketing degree. Um, and that is where I guess making the decision to go there was me dedicating myself to marketing. Um, and after that point, I, I was even working in Spain. I lived in Spain for my dual, for my uh, study abroad point. I was working there for an Erasmus company called Happy Erasmus. Erasmus in Europe just pretty much, in my opinion, means like new student or foreign exchange, which is very, uh, very common practice amongst Europeans where they pretty much encourage you, go live in another country, go take a leap year um, before work, go travel. And so we, these companies pretty much create events or uh, luxuries to help people integrate into their new their new uh, city or town. So they would provide like language lessons, they would provide apartments, they would provide phone service, they would provide events to uh, help you meet people and become a part of a community, uh, travel to different parts of the country and even out of the country, you know? And so that really helped or coincide with my uh, personality as an extrovert as well. And so it just felt really, really, really good. After I graduated, I even stayed there even longer. And that's when uh, I initially started my travel company, which was called Lost and Found. Um, I, I actually completed a couple trips and then uh, COVID happened. Um, had to come back home, uh, started working at a convention center as a marketing coordinator there. And then COVID really happened. <laughs> and then they let they let me go. Uh, they furloughed me. And so I had no other option. So I tried my chances out here in California. And the, the first job that I got was the tiny house company. I mean, everything worked out perfectly. So, yeah, man. No, that's a, uh, I, I, as you were talking about this, man, like, um, I, I was just thinking about how, like, you're beautifully articulating this narrative as if like you know obviously it wasn't just you know right then and there and like things just happen um based upon how you wrote it down on a story 
But like, honestly, man, I really don't think you could have wrote it down or planned it out better yourself because it's just listening to from the beginning when you were talking about like you went to Jackson State um, and it's just like you went there just for the band. But like at the end of the day, you realize that you couldn't major in band. And like, I think a very key thing that like you talked about earlier on was that, you know, um, you realize that band isn't forever and you took the advice from like people that like um i guess you could say could be influential on you like talking about as far as being with your grandma and just seeing old family friends and stuff like just i guess man um you've had this full narrative where you're being very introspective and paying attention to who you are as a person like was Absolutely. that yeah like was that something that you've always done where you just been so in tune with yourself that you're able to literally balance literally both worlds like i feel like you got the full college experience by being that engaged into the band and learning like living just what that life could look like but then at the same time man like you realized hey this isn't forever i need to plan for the future and like you fit with something that fit with your personality. I don't think everybody does that. Oh uh, no, I agree. Um, I don't think that my story could fit with everyone else's because if I tell you my story, if I was to tell you, if I could go back, would I do it the same way? I'd probably tell you no. You know, and that some sometimes when I tell people that, they head turn to the side, like, why not? And I wouldn't say that. I was always in tune with who I was. I think all those experiences helped me find out a better version of myself, right? Um, but what led me to that, I don't think was truly myself. I think it was truly making others happy. Mm. You know, going to college because my mom wanted me to go to college, you know, or my family wanted me to go to college. Join the band because I was able to play an instrument. Like, that really wasn't my dream you know, to really be in the band at Jack State, it turned into my dream, but it originally wasn't. It was my cousin's dream, which was the person that actually taught me how to play drums. Mm. You know, it was his dream to 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 be in the boom, you know, playing the band. We we gravitated to that energy, and I manifested it out of the ability. So if you ask me would I go back and do the same thing, I would definitely say no, <laughs> which is kind of weird, you know? Yeah, that is kind of weird because I've always imagined you to be that person that marches to the beat of his own drum, like not trying to be punny or anything, but j literally like, you know, ever since I first met you, you always, like you said, like you're extrovert type of person, like, you know, like people gravitate towards you and like you've always been welcoming of like various different diverse individuals, no matter what their backgrounds are and stuff like that. And like that. I think that's so interesting how it correlates to how, um, like you, I'm not necessarily appease other people, but it's just like, you want to, for those who have value to you, you want to show your appreciation to them and show, Absolutely. yeah, man. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. So like when you did, I guess you could say pivoted towards like, uh, going and getting your master's in, uh, marketing like I think was that like a selfish move or was that a move where like um, I guess you could say paint that picture for us where you decided to actually make that move to where it's like hey I'm gonna go to Spain 
and I'm going to live out there and live this dream of um, getting both of my masters because where I'm at right now, this is not going to last forever, which is actually kind of interesting because it's like as a business person, right? Like, um, yeah, your degree could have been considered like a generalist degree, but like you were working at an entry level role in a pretty good company, right? Like you could have mm -hmm. been a company man and worked your way up but you decided that you were going to focus on self and make that investment towards self. That's a pretty risky thing, man. Like I'm curious around how you made that decision or what that looked like. So if I'm giving you the picture, if I'm going to paint the picture of my life at that point, um, to making a decision that I'm going to pretty much do everything from this day forward because I want to do it. Right. Um, I pledged Alpha Phi Alpha at Jackson State uh, my junior year, which was in the spring semester of 2015. Before, I had only been around band people, right? Mm. You know, because band is, is so is so demanding at a school like that. You know, it's kind of like if you're on the football team, you only know the football players, you know? I only knew the band people, people in my class, and people that I was in business school with. I hadn't had many relationships outside of, you know, the College of Business band and just certain circles that I was normally doing anyway, you know? So the fraternity actually introduced me to a lot more people on campus that were involved in other things such as SGA, you know, campaign running, engineering, um, bio, biology, uh, mathematics. Uh, like, it just opened me up to a whole new diverse of people in the community and I really saw myself being around men of a certain caliber, yeah. you know, in the fraternity. And it proved that during the process, you know, especially in Jackson, Mississippi. I mean, you're surrounded with, you know, not only Jackson State, but even your school, your chapter, you know, Tougaloo College. You know, you got Millsaps. You got these strong black men in in the capital city of, of, of Mississippi. And they're doing things that I would con I wouldn't consider normal. Yeah. I would consider, you know, putting forth an effort and having a strong plan. And that rubbed off on me. You know, I I just didn't feel right, you know, being around them and not having a stronger purpose or a stronger mm. uh, roadmap. You know, in, in a sense, you can say it motivated me. And that's what we want, right? That's the purpose of fraternities, right? Is to become better, is to be inspired, is to open you up to new ideas and new viewpoints. And that's what Alpha... Uh, initially did so like I said at that point it was too late to change my major unless I wanted to be there for another year and a half so I knew for a fact at that point what type of man I wanted to be and I knew what it was going to take you know I, I had frat brothers you know coming out of college forget the money man just the companies they were working for I mean like PepsiCo Allstate State Farm American Airlines and this is all in one city of Dallas you know corporate offices and you know, hindsight looking in, it's like, oh, you can talk about the work-life balance, but as a freshly new grad, that was something to be proud of, and I didn't have that. Yeah. You know, I, I went back home. I had to sit, you know, in the room and really evaluate myself, like, Brandon, what you gonna do? And I've never been the type that's just gonna, uh, you know, be down on myself. Like, I, I always tell people, especially around me, I got two definitions, man, that really, really, that really make sense to me. It's jealousy and envy. You know, being envious, right? If you come around me, I want to be jealous of you because to me, jealousy doesn't mean ill intent. 
it means you have something that I want and I want to work towards that. And to me, jealousy brings out a certain uh, dog in me or motivation or uh, self uh, inflicting matter, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got the word envious, where it's like you have something that I want, and I'm a I'm a speak ill towards you, and I wish you don't have you do not receive that anymore, you know. So I don't I don't have no type of envious in me, but I have a lot of jealousy in me, you know. And to me, that's okay, you know. In my life, I want to be jealous. I feel like if you don't have people around you that's not making you jealous for the right purposes, obviously. Yeah, we gotta speak in context. Um, and you can use that jealousy as fuel, man. And so I was jealous and I, I wanted it, you know, and that, at that point I started making the decision on my own. Like I had already did everything my family wanted me to do, friends, go to high school, go to college, do this, graduate, boom. Now it's like, it's my life. Mm. Yeah, man. I think that that is a, once again, man, that's a beautiful statement. And like, you know, at that moment where you talked about like making that this was going to be your life, I think it's so interesting how you literally catapulted into it because, you know, man, like at the end of the day, this whole narrative that you have of your life up to then, up to then does seem like your life, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, when you were in the band, like, you know, I could see you as an individual like connecting with those people you never was a person like oh man i hate this band stuff or whatever <laughs> and like same no thing. i definitely believe that each situation my personality in the end you know overruled or definitely said president of who i was to it and what it was to me yeah if that makes sense yeah that makes sense man that makes sense so, and you know what's even crazy just about the whole grad school thing like obviously we was in Mississippi and the top tier grad schools especially in Hattiesburg I mean it could have been easy could have been I went to Jake State I could have went to USM could have went to Mississippi State Ole Miss could have even went to Tougaloo you know I, I had many options but I never applied to any of those Yeah, you know I always, this one school literally popped up on my LinkedIn as an ad and I was like too good to be true you know <laughs> and which is also like a part of marketing, you know, ad placement. I clicked on it. And then when I applied and went to go visit, uh, I forgot her name, but she was like the tour guide of it. She was like, how did you find us? Because they only advertise to people in that area or in that state, you know? Yeah. So uh, to me, it was like fate. Yeah. No, that's true. That's really true, man. And like, even with this move that you made to like North Carolina and like, focusing on your masters then i think that like it's so interesting around like how you know just as a man of faith man like how much fate can play a role into it right and like i'm curious as far as now that you're like we're at that part of that story where you're talking about where you're in your your master's program and like um having the opportunity to not only get one domestically but one internationally as well like from a professional standpoint, obviously on the resume, I bet that looks beautifully, right? Like, oh, it does. But also, I didn't know. What were we gonna say? Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. I mean, I just didn't know like the type of impact it would have on me, and I guess I, I'm a man of just. I don't know if I naturally just play devil's advocate, or I just you know like to go against the grain, but. I still, even even if you ask me again, like, would I go back to grad school? 
my answer would be I would only go back to that grad school with that experience. Mm. If I had to go to another grad school with a with a more traditional experience, I'll say no. I'll say grad school is not worth it, you know? Yeah. And it's just crazy. Like each experience, if you ask me, would I do it again or would I do it differently? It kind of gives off like a, a, a no or a different route than what you would probably assume I would say. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that makes a lot of sense, man. Cause I think like, like you were saying, um, getting that, um, international business degree as well as a domestic degree, like that's, that's something that a lot of people look forward to. Right. Like, even if like you're, you know, and a lot of people don't necessarily consider it like people like look living in the luxurious world, like what you did, like you can honestly say that you lived in Spain and you got the opportunity to like literally learn how to do international business in a place that's like literally kind of like a mecca of travel. A lot of people go to the south of Spain to go and um, travel there. A lot of people visit a lot of different areas, whether it's for the food industry, for the architecture, for the history, all of these different things. And you got that experience to get your master's degree from there. And absolutely, like on top of that, man, I think what's even more beautiful is like the, the personal development as, um, that came from it like aside from the fact that your hair grew between like whenever i last <laughs> saw you like uh in mississippi and then when you came back but like the transformation that you made while you were out there like i'm curious you know what that was like for you because like you said like this was something where you started living your own life and the transformation that happened to you as an individual from when you first got there to when you left like what was that like if like you ever really thought about that? And I'm assuming you did as the reflective person that you are. Right. And so I want to take you back to the day I actually went up to to North Carolina and actually moved up there. Right. To give you some pre context of my life. I grew up in a in an all predominantly historical black neighborhood in Hattiesburg. I went to an all black elementary school, all black middle school, all black high school and all black college. This was the first time I ever <laughs> had to be around white people. Yeah. Right. In a learning setting. And that was the first smack in the face. Uh, I just remember like having guest speakers come in for our NBA class and they're casually talking. So I stayed in Wilmington, North Carolina, which was pretty much like a Florida town or a beach town in North Carolina, like the number one surf city you can imagine. Right. Girls, uh, riding skateboards with no shoes to class, people that go surfing before class. It's kind of like if you don't surf and you don't skate, you're not getting none on campus. It's, there's no <laughs> way it's happening, right? Unless you're just a model or something, right? <laughs> and even our people on that campus were weird. Like, they were extremely weird, right? <laughs> so I remember just being in class and a guest speaker coming in and I, you know, me being the studious person or being the person that Jack State has has groomed me to be, you know, you sit in front of the class, you always speak a certain way because if you're the only black person in the class, you're going to be looked at differently than everyone else. So you got to work 10 times harder, right? Yeah. I'm in the front of the class, the lady comes in, she's talking and then she says, by a show of hands, how many of you guys have student loans? And me being in front of the class, I can't see behind me. So I raise my hand and I'm thinking, oh, it got to be like five other people, five, six people, maybe you know, more than that. And she says, only one person? And I looked around, 
and I saw no one else's hands up. And I knew for a fact I was in a different place. Mm, right? Yeah. That showed me like, oh, this ain't Hattiesburg. This ain't what I'm used to, right? And yeah. so at that point, I had to really unlearn and relearn so much of what I've been taught because if you grow up in the rural South, you just hear things, you know, especially I grew up with my grandparents, man. You just hear stuff that, you know, probably these days they'll get you counseled or whatever, you know, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I, that was my first time ever actually having to work around different ethnicities, being introduced to different ethnicities, um, culturally white people, spoiled, and it was just a uh, an experience that just kind of uh, lit the light bulb, right? I go to Spain, and now I'm around just all type of different people, you know? But it gave me the opportunity to, to literally let go of all my walls, you know, all the things that you've been taught, because mm. out there it's just so different. Like, people show physical affection, right? Dude come up to you, shake your hand and hug you, and you don't know him. You're like, bro, back up. Like, you don't know me like that. What you doing? You know, but <laughs> out there in Europe, it's a common, it's a common practice. Yeah. Right? It's, you know, you kiss two cheeks when you say hello to a woman. Doesn't show any signs of, you know, uh of uh sexual favors and no sort, but just politeness, right? Mm. So it literally sh- took me through, I mean, it just took me through circles I I never could have paid for. Right. And that's what that's the reason why I would say I would only do that grad program again is because I knew for a fact if I went to USM, Mississippi State, uh, Ole Miss, Jack State, Tougaloo, anywhere in the state or even in the country, I was going to stick to my same circles. You know, I was going to stick to my own people, my own clubs, my own bars, my own food. And I would have never gotten a chance to really explore those boundaries that that were that were available to me and so once that light bulb kicked in like oh this is limited so you gotta take advantage of all this i literally went 100 miles per hour dog like it was no stopping me i was trying everything for the first time because i never knew if this if an opportunity like this would come again yeah you know so i mean just the simple things like trying new clothes you know, we 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 listen. We we five on one down cargo pants, camo <laughs> shorts. You know, Jordan wearing they they got me in Spain wearing skinny jeans. I'm wearing Berkshire, Abercrombie. Like it was just a different vibe, but it looked good. You know, and it, and that showed me yeah. if you want to be able to be a successful person in whatever field of business, medical, uh, law, anything, you have to know the language that your your audience is speaking and know how to be adaptive to it, yeah. right? So I was able to adapt while still holding my individualism and my culture as being from Mississippi. Yeah. So, I mean, just the boundaries were endless. Like, I was just invited because of my personality and because of my likeliness. People couldn't believe I'm American. I was an American because Americans pretty much all over the world now just have the worst reputation and... You know, we deserve it as Americans. I don't really fool with America like that, but I understand. And when people actually get the chance to know me, they're like, wow, you're not like most Americans. And I know what they mean by that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's beautiful, man. That's really beautiful. And I think, man, and here's the thing. So, you know, 
um, you're my friend, you're my brother, and I feel like I peep game a little bit. And one of the things that I think that you've done as not only as a, um, I guess you could say that's a reflection of yourself, but also is a gift to the world is your traveling company, like right. um, Lost and Found. Like how, I'm curious, what's the story behind that where you um, literally took these experiences that you went to, whether it was like, hey, I want to go to Morocco or I want to travel to a place I've never been before and like take people who may have never gotten those kind of experiences and instead of like you know just showing them around where it's just kind of like a regular tour guide company like you you literally like like your moniker lost and found um you took that to a place where it's just like i want to engross you into the to the culture of the place because i think what i've heard you say and what i've seen you experience isn't necessarily what people would say or is the normal experience even whenever people whenever people visit you right like one of the things right. that i know you always do is you share them with southern southern delicacies like wards like that's not mm -hmm. something people put <laughs> people onto but that's something that you do and so like i'm curious as what as far as like how did that come into fruition and like what are some of the goals that you have from like a marketing perspective that like you've taken from what you've learned professionally and personally and how you apply it to your, I guess you could say professional career. Uh, so the same experience that I got in Spain, I wanted to share with people back home. Um, it, it, it was just something, I just don't see myself being a gatekeeper, man. Like I'm too extroverted at any given point. If I hold stuff in, it's going to blow. It's going to come out somewhere or another, unless it's obviously, you know, valuable information. But stuff that I know that can help people, in a sense, I knew for a fact that if they were able to see a place like Spain, Morocco, Ibiza, Italy, um, you know, Germany, uh, Paris, Guatemala, Mexico, like really rural but rich areas that don't cost a lot, they'll get a better understanding of you know, maybe who they are, you know, it gives them a chance to hopefully experience some boundaries that I experienced, yeah. you know? And so that was the, initially the start of Lost and Found. I was able to complete three trips, uh, two trips to Spain and one, no, four trips, two trips to Spain, one trip to Spain and Morocco and one trip to Guatemala. And man, the, those people that, that came on those trips, I don't think we would have ever met another way. You know, mm -hmm. but now we're family, right? Yeah. One of them, you know, ended up being my girlfriend, you know, on a on a on a Morocco trip, right? And it just it just I don't know, it just it brings people together, it tests people's thoughts, right? It questions everything that you ever learn. Yeah. You know, no matter how long and short the trip, and obviously I could have did something simple where you know we go to all the popular places, Jamaica, you know, Dominican Republic. Puerto Rico, but I knew for a fact because I had connections that if you were to come here, we wouldn't go to all the touristy areas. You know, you'll see the real deal, the real people, and you'll see people outside of your culture doing things that you've never seen, and hopefully it will allow you to say, hmm, I could do the same thing. Right? Yeah. And that was the idea behind it. You know, it wasn't to 
really make money. It wasn't for profit. It was I wanted to show people a different world, right? And unfortunately, COVID happened, but I get calls this day. I get texts this day. When's the next trip? When's the next trip? And I don't think that I'll be able to do another trip like I could before because I just love it too much, mm. right? And then when you bring new people on, they they have their own expectation. They have their own plans. They have their own idea of what a trip should look like, especially if they're paying, which they have absolutely every right to think that, right? <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> but because of that, I don't want to ruin someone else's experiences forcing my outlook onto them. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense, man. That makes a lot of sense. And like, you know, I, I'm curious and like, I kind of, you know, want to challenge that a little bit because, you know, you, you're actually living that, right? Like whatever, um, which it's fair, right? You know, you said that, um, you like working for an organization that's mission based. And so it's just like, you are, essentially you you believe in the vision of the organization and so it's just like you don't mind putting your energy towards that so i see what you're saying in the sense of um you don't want to impose how you expect a trip to go um onto other people who are paying for like a trip but really are they paying for a trip because they could go to any other organization or just do it themselves then you could get exactly what you want but what you're selling is like an experience and like a vision. And I'm curious Correct. how you perceive you selling your vision and your um, experience when it comes to the traveling company and how you see that as diff different from giving yourself to pursue in the pursuit of a vision of the organization that you work for, like the tiny homes company. Uh, well, one is my company. You know, everything goes how I want to go. And the other one, I'm playing, you know, I'm I'm, I'm agreeing to a system. Um, and that system comes with limitations, right? It comes with pay limitations. Um, it comes with um, valuable limitations, resources. And and vice versa, the, my company uh, lacks all that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, I mean, it's, like you said, it's a balance. But I think I, I became too emotionally invested in the business instead of treating it like a business mm. right and so now if i travel i only travel with certain people because yeah. i know what i'm going to get and thank god it didn't happen but i mean we were sleeping in the desert in morocco man i'm talking about dog there's no lights there's no bathroom just imagine like a bad situation coming out of it right yeah. and i didn't want the opportunity for that to happen mm. you yeah, know there's saying? a liability and we're around people that's going to challenge all your cultural uh, norms. I mean, we even had a bad experience in Morocco where the Moroccan women are, in the most polite way, they are a part of their, you know, religion, religious culture, you know. Yeah. Uh, dress a certain way, you know, act a certain way. And so when they see these beautiful black women, you know, no hair, blonde hair, tattoos, um, we had a we did a traditional Moroccan bath massage, if you will. Um, it's supposed to cleanse you. You're not supposed to bathe, you know, three days afterwards because they they cleanse you so well. It's a, it, it can last you a week. And people in Morocco still do it 
And we did this before we went to the went to the desert. The girls had blonde hair, they had tattoos, they had braids, they were black, and Moroccan women were the ones massaging them. And on us, as the other hand, as men, you know, we had a whole different, totally different experience. We both were separated. We got our massages and our baths. We came back, and us as the men were like, man, I can only imagine what the girls went through because ours was so well, right? Mm. And it wasn't anything like, like you think on a cruise ship, on a you you sitting on the board with a tab. Now nah, you squatting down on the floor with other men that's naked around you. Well, withdraws, splashing water. A man comes, he literally scrubs the death out of you with his glove. He stretches you. He pops your bones. Yeah. You know, and the water is extremely hot. But when you're done, it's just like woof, a refreshing feeling. The girls' experience was the women were trying. They were talking about them in their language and you can tell you know you can just sense energy and they were trying to scrape their tattoos off of them like it was two totally different experiences right yeah and so at that point i knew i was like i'm grateful for the people that came because they handled it well but i know for a fact i can't guarantee this experience mm. for other people yeah because it could have got out of hand i mean they could have you know they could have got the fighting we would have been, you know, in Moroccan jail. I don't even know what that looks like, but it's American rules don't don't play over there, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's a totally different sensitive situation. No, that makes a lot of sense, man. That makes a lot of sense. And, like, I, I think that that's a very wise decision that you, you place upon yourself. And it's just, like, I'm curious around where you are at this point in your life where, you know, you talked about, you know, how you were um, from a business perspective, like you could have just really went in all and deep into it and all that kind of stuff. But like you saw the, not necessarily limitations, but you saw barriers and you personally decided whether you were going to like overcome them or if this was going to be something that you were going to not necessarily defer because it's, it's kind of interesting. I, was having a conversation with someone in an earlier episode and they were talking about how they had this passion towards like cooking and like, and instead of like becoming a chef, what they really like to do is go to different like cooking classes where they still feel that personal cup of being able to cook, but they don't have the responsibilities of being a chef just because mm -hmm. you love being a, like in your situation, like you love traveling and you like sharing that experience with people um that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the world's tour guide and so right yeah man and so like i'm curious as far as just where you are now when it comes to your personal and your professional life because professionally like you said like you saw you had that um appreciation for others and you were like oh man like they're out here doing these great things i'm gonna go and do some great things too and now you're out in <laughs> california doing your thing and like essentially like living in life man i i think that um it's it's a beautiful thing for where you're at and like um how do you how are you going to look at taking this to the next level for yourself so it's interesting that you said that because only a few people know exactly what i'm doing right now right if you hear my my title in the position of the company that i'm in you'll say oh brandon you know you're good. Like you can be uh, complacent a little bit. You can enjoy life. But actually, this will be my last marketing job. Mm. I think 
you know, I've done marketing for about seven years now, uh, since that first internship. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that I feel like my personality would naturally always do. Right. But I'm currently studying and I'm dropping this on your podcast. So now I got to hold myself accountable to it, <laughs> but I'm currently studying, uh, self-studying to be a cloud computer practitioner or whatever. Cloud architect engineer will be the the ultimate end goal, but yeah. essentially I want to break into cloud computing. Yeah, I wanted to break into tech. Um, so I'm studying right now Linux. Uh, hopefully, I get my Linux certification within the summer. Then I'll be studying Python, um, finishing up Python, either get my AWS Solutions Architect certification or picking one of the Azure's or Google Cloud platforms to break into. Um, as far as, you know, my travel, like, that's not going to ever stop. I'm not going to ever stop traveling. You know, I may take a break here and there, but I'm definitely looking more so for the longevity of my life in terms of finances. Yeah. Um, and so that's the reason that fueled me to to go to tech. You know, it's, I mean, the, the data proves itself. Tech is not going anywhere. The salaries are kind of mind-blowing, right? And I think with the knowledge that I have now, if I was able to land a successful tech role, I will only probably need three to five years of it to really catapult my life into a new, a new financial, you know, bracket, a new financially stable bracket, uh, a more mentally happy, happier bracket. I'm hoping. Um, and it could just be another phase, you know, within five years, who knows? I could be back on your podcast talking about the next, the next journey. <laughs> yeah. So. No, nah, man. Yeah. That makes a that makes a lot of sense, and thank you for sharing that. I think uh, you're not the second, you're not the first person to talk about um, breaking off into the tech industry. I've been hearing that to be like a common thing. So, like, you know, best to your journeys and stuff. And like after the show, I think you and I can talk a little bit about that and see how I can help you out a little bit. But like, yeah. man, I think that you know, it's it's curious to me how you mentioned that and i find it to be interesting because i don't find that to be odd at all and i find it to be interesting because it's like as we evolve as people and as as we like our priorities change and stuff so does if i'm understanding and learning correctly from listening to your own narrative like you have to be um uh i guess you could say flexible enough to be able to mm -hmm. mold to whatever um you whatever you, the desires that you decide to be important like earlier on in your life like you mentioned man you went to college because that's something that like your mom wanted you to do which was a good thing right and so you were like you know i respect her so i'm gonna follow her wishes and then you're like hey man i want to do this for me so like you went and pursued this marketing thing and you got this international experience for that and then like now with the experience that you're building towards um i guess you could say in the cloud computing in the tech industry i could see how you getting more like into that um not necessarily for family sustaining income but more of that stable point in your life where it's just like um you kind of build like your settlement if you will and like mm -hmm. can start having a family or whatever it is that you want to do with your life because from a salary wise, you'll be good, but then also the experience that you're adding on to it as well. Cause man, 
even having the company or working for the organizations that you did when you were in Spain, that's something you can always put on your resume. And I'm curious as far as like, if you were to like go for a role into like tech or something like that, would you take that those experiences and build it onto what you're doing now? Or are you going to like make that shift and just start over brand new? I think two things will always be constant in my life, at least for the rest of my 20s, is I'm going to always go out, right? I'm going to always party. I'm going to always look for a good time, and I'm going to always travel. Mm. That I don't see those things, you know, really changing, even with a stable family, right? Because, it's, you know, as we, like you said, we evolve. There's different ways you can do things. And I know when I say party, people think, oh, that's what, you know, 18, 19-year-olds do. But I'm pretty sure you see, especially in Washington, you know, you have these private parties, you have these exclusive parties, you have these more luxurious um, business related parties, you have these upscale bars, you know, these these rooftop uh, areas that are kind of, you know, like a boys club or a men's club in some sort of fashion. Yeah, it ain't no sweatbox party. (laughs) (laughs) You said what? It ain't no sweatbox party. Right, exactly. It's a different class that comes with it. Um, and as I continue to evolve, so will my party adventures and my traveling, you know, right. I used to travel in hostels. I used to only eat street food and only do things that were free, but now I'm making a little bit more money. I'm able to, you know, stay in a hotel, (laughs) maybe stay in a bungalow, you know, maybe eat out once or twice on a trip. And so as you know, my work continues to become more important, getting paid significantly more so will those areas as well. So I I don't really see those things changing within the next couple of years, even with, you know, a stable girlfriend and or family, right? Because it's a way to do everything, right? Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's just balance, man. And it's truly something that I, I enjoy doing, right? I literally enjoy going out. I literally enjoy going out, meeting people, talking to new people. And it's for me, it just, it fuels my tank. And I don't need to do it every weekend. I don't need to do it every other weekend. But when I do do it, I like to make it count. Yeah. Because I'm, I may be sleepy. I may be tired. But I always hope that I can meet someone new. And you just, I've, I've had so many experiences of this in Europe. And you just don't know where it takes you. Like, I met my best friend just out. Now, his name's Toto. He's, he lives in Switzerland. He's Portuguese. And Crazy enough, he came to visit me in L.A., you know. I got family down in Mississippi that ain't come visit me in North Carolina and or Spain and or L.A. But this <laughs> man here lives in Switzerland and yeah. came and visited me, yeah. right? And so that showed me the dynamic of what a true friendship could look like, yeah. right? And that's I'm not saying I'm holding everyone to their expectations because, you know, there's different spaces and different relationships. But what I'm saying is I would have never gotten that relationship from him if I had not gone out, you know, and I would never have met met so many other people if I had not gone out. And obviously you can meet people doing other things and that may work for other people. But for me, this works, this is what works for me. Yeah. No, man, that's, that's beautifully said, man. This whole entire thing. I, I really appreciate you being on the show and I really appreciate, man, all your perspective that you're sharing. Cause like, you're absolutely right man like i think like you said like 
you you once you figure out like who you are as a person like you can leverage these different tools to feel who you are as a person and like why stop it if you know what works for you right you know i think that as long as it's like <laughs> beneficial to you you know we all have things that we can learn from and grow from that might not necessarily be the best of like things but there's a difference between like um something that you do to like cope or something that you do because you just genuinely enjoy it and like like you said um being able to go out and expand your comfort zone you learned more about who you are as a person because you never were and you never have been and aren't a person that fits into like a small mold um you definitely wrote the book on that one i i appreciate that no problem man i hope to actually write a book one day um i've been told i should i just i don't have the energy well i don't i haven't put any energy towards fueling that thought process so who knows <laughs> no i feel that man i feel that well man i'm gonna run through these lightning questions with you and let you get back to the rest of the day how's that sound Let's do it. All right. What's your favorite relaxation or self-care activity? Traveling. Oh, man. I should have guessed that one. <laughs> uh, what's your best book recommendation? Uh, uh, don't have one. I don't read books. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I mean, if I'm just being honest, once you read enough self-care book, they all say the same thing. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I literally do not have one. No, I, I agree with you. The self-care books like that once you've read one you can kind of read them all exactly <laughs> and one person you want to thank for your journey thus far uh my grandma my mama and my girlfriend crystal all right man i love it i love it well man i really appreciate you being on the show and i i hope you have a great rest of your day appreciate it man thank you for having me all right this has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.